0: Hey, welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I am your host. And this is going to be a fun interview. I have the one, the only, the amazing Mr. Sean Cannell. And I'm always afraid of butchering your name. Welcome to the show, dude. You hit it, Ken. Super grateful to be here. Fired up. And it's a uh, Canal rhymes with YouTube channel. So we're good to go. <laughs> I love it, dude. So I, I I I don't know why I kept wanting to say Canal. <laughs> and that's that's what it. most people
1: say. In Is fact, it really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Growing up, I, I was I played football not well, but I played football in junior year in high school and uh like for two seasons and the coach was like canal get on the field canal and then i remember a bench that corrected him like we never talked and uh he was like "Canal, i've been saying it wrong for two years and i was like yeah i didn't have the courage to to say it in fact my friend shalene johnson people butcher her name all the team they call her charlene shalene charla uh or whatever and her name's you know shalene johnson And she said, you got to actually start, you know, saying what your name really is. So people don't make that mistake. So I'm trying to, you know, I don't even bother me too much, but I'm, you know, branding, I suppose.
0: Yeah. I love, I love the play rhymes with YouTube channel. Yeah. Awesome. So look, we, uh, you and I met at uh, Tamara Thompson's event, the broadcast your authority event. I had the honor and the privilege of hearing you speak. And I was like, Oh my gosh! I got to get this dude on my show, and we chatted about it. And you were you were kind enough to say, "Let's roll." So thank you. I'm I'm blown away. Yeah, no, the pressure's all mine, and uh, love helping people and entrepreneurs go further, faster
1: in life and business. And so let's dive into it. You do, man.
0: So before we get too far, I want to I want to I want to plug your book. YouTube secrets. Amazing. A book. I mean, amazing book. I've, I've, I'm about halfway through this book and it's, it's incredible. So, but we're not going to go too far down that road yet. I want to start with where you were born and raised. Yeah. So I was born in a hospital in Seattle,
1: Washington, And I was raised in mainly Arlington, Washington. We lived in Seattle and Snohomish and Edmonds area for anybody that's from the Pacific Northwest. But eventually made our way up by first grade, second grade. We were living in Arlington, Washington. That's a rural community. Um, You know, uh, Future Farmers of America was like a big part of the high school football, country music, car hearts, uh, you know, and we lived on six acres. And so grew up kind of with a lot of animals. Um, grew up with, you know, quads, my dad's in telecommunications. And so we had a big shop and a big garage. So definitely worked with him on, on Jeeps and, um, you know, all terrain vehicle type thing. And, and was, that was where the majority of my childhood was spent was Arlington, Washington, and then Marysville all the way up until we moved to Las Vegas, just over really the last
0: 10 years. So, um, yeah. Yep. So you're a farm boy. That's right. Dude, I have said like I grew up in farm country too, in, in Ohio and and I've always said like, I, I think that kids before they go to college, they should go spend two years bailing hay. <laughs> yeah, so they learn how to work. I mean, that's, yeah. you know, what's funny
1: is we're living through an era of so much opportunity right now with social media and and the ability to, to use live, Facebook live and, and StreamYard and YouTube and all this kind of stuff. But people also just want everything to come so easy right now. And so there is no question when I think about even the success I've had in business, but even just life, marriage, it's been the grit that my parents taught me. My, my mom, Susan, she's remarried to my stepdad, Phil Escalen. She would always teach me, do the hard thing first. And yeah. uh, I remember I said, going when I was gonna turn 16, I, I did have the blessing of, of getting an older Mazda MX-6 as my first car, but I wanted to put a system in it. I wanted to have the subwoofers and the sound system. And they're like, how about you work and then buy one? So I, you know, I cut grass, cut grass for the neighbors. And I'm talking, when I say cut grass, this is not some like just push lawnmower. I'm talking tractor mower deck, yeah. like raise, you know, and as well as like riding lawnmowers and, and just doing like real work. And I, when I think about what that taught me and the work ethic that that developed in me, Now, when I think about, I'm like in our company, people like you work so hard. I'm like, I sit at my computer and push social media and I'm not to minimize that like marketing and email, but I'm like, dude, you don't even, yo, you're being, you know, these Gen Z, (laughs) (laughs) I I sound like that guy now, these zoomers. Yeah. Right. Man, uh, that, that work ethic was huge. And just knowing what it was to get to see my dad, Phil S. who, who, who provided for our family and hustled hard. Um, and, and never, he was kind of a no days off type of a guy and whether he was sick, you know, yeah. whether he just one of those guys where you just suck it up and he'd, he'd drive down to Redondo Beach to do cutover, cable cutovers, working with Facebook and Google and sell sites. And he actually during Hurricane Katrina went into the hurricanes, like towards them. And I remember he had all these photos where he was driving over this uh, overpass and you could see like the actual hurricane and there was flooding because he was out there to do disaster recovery. And so it was also like a real dangerous area. He had to be armed because there was people looting and all kinds of stuff. That's yeah. that's my dad, Phil Escalin, my stepdad, and some of my roots. I've never talked about any of that stuff anywhere before. So that's kind of interesting. Wow, that's pretty cool
0: though. I mean, that and that's, so that's what, uh, I don't, I'm not cutting on the current generation. So please don't send me hate mail and don't, don't send Sean hate mail. But, but like, like it's, it's, it's different. Like if you go work on a farm and, and you like, i will quick. I had a, I I worked for this farmer once and he's like, he comes storming in the office. I was a sales manager and I'm like for this other business he had and, and he's like, it's getting ready to rain I need you to come with us out to the field and I'm like for what like <laughs> I'm like well I'm wearing shorts getting ready to go swimming in a t-shirt and I went out and bailed hay in that and let me tell you something um, that is not how you should be bailing hay number one yeah because <laughs> that stuff gets stuck in places you don't want it there you, you know, go yeah right so it, it's a totally different it's it's a completely different level of work that people just don't understand today
1: yeah and it's i don't even know i, I don't think it's even just the generation. there's like lazy people in every generation yeah. you know and yeah, it, it makes yeah. me think of that dumb and dumber clip where like lloyd comes back from with Harity is like there's no jobs he's like we can't find jobs and he's like yeah unless you want to work 40 hours a week (laughs) you know and it's so it's hilarious but that's that's literally how it feels these days man People just like i i feel when i when i work 40 hours a week i feel like i'm on vacation right you know how much time you got when you work 40 hours a week i mean i know people they got different things to do but it's like and some people got to commute like two three hours a day that's one thing why in business i was so passionate about working from home time is so valuable like if you're on if you're commuting one two three hours respect for those who have to put it in to go do that coming from Seattle that's what Sonia's dad uh, Brad does he gets up he has to hit the road before 4 45 to get to downtown Seattle just yeah. to beat over an hour so but I just think about it it's like man and it's just one of those kind of lost things. That if you really want to get ahead, Thomas Edison, you know the classic inventor, says success is missed by most people because it's dressed in overalls and it looks like work. And (laughs) you need strategy. You got to work smart. But but one of the ways to to just win is to just outwork the competition. That's just be willing to work harder, go longer, (laughs) stay in it, stay grinding, and stay focused. And you need balance. You need rest. But I mean. I'm in the I'm the ultimate sleep and I don't I'm not talking about burn the candle both hours I'm obsessed with eight hours of sleep that's this yeah. health mental clarity but you can put a lot of a lot of work out and I know this isn't even the main topic but it's also not even the the amount of hours you work it's the amount of work you put in the hours, Amen. And my that's what my mom used to, I'd go I remember when I'd be sweeping. I'd be like sweeping, and she would like come in and grab it. She's like, "What are you doing? Like, that's not how you." And she'd be like, "Look, you can you can finish this room in ten seconds. Right? You're, you're making this you're like thirty minute version of vacuuming this room." Right. And I was so glad that they were raising that standard. Like, pick up the pace, man. Hustle a little bit. Put right. in the work. And when you do, man, it builds your confidence. It builds, you know, when you're productive. There's nothing more motivational than progress. Yep. There's those types of things. And so anyways, so grateful for my parents and, and their example and. But it felt like punishment back then. You're, it sure <laughs> did. No, I, I, and, and at the you time You were I an resen-
0: abused child, set up.
1: <laughs> I know, I did. I thought my friends were, you know, I was like, why was this, why is he getting to play video games nine hours a day? <laughs> like, why are they out to able to go? And, and so, right? you know, and, and I look yeah. back and at the time, like, it's actually, that's like, I, there's a quote in the Bible that says, like, no discipline is good in the moment. Yeah. But it's when you look back and you think, oh man, that discipline and those boundaries and that standard that I got. Now I look at what that did. And that's, and then you see that that was my parents truly love me because they yeah. see how that prepare, propelled me to where I am now, where my friends that were playing video games nine hours a day, unless they became video game programmers. <laughs> and video game right. YouTubers to make it a living off of that. Yeah, right. That right. wasn't the foundation for future success.
0: No, no. And and, and again, like, yeah, I, I, we could go on about that. But yes, I I, I think that, that the, and I, I do that with my, I have a nine-year-old daughter and I have a, a 14-year-old daughter. And they want something. I'm like, yes, after you earn it. Well, after what's that mean? It vacuum the house here run run the vacuum here here it is this is how it works and i'll never forget when i showed my my nine-year-old how the vacuum cleaner worked (laughs) she was angry (laughs) i'm like what in the world have i done to you so like you know it's so important i i agree so you grew up in in and by the way the pacific i lived in seattle for a year it's it's uh, honestly it's the most beautiful area in the US. I think it's incredible. Crazy. It's it's beautiful. But so you grew up there and then you ended up, that's where you went to high school. Did you go to college?
1: Yeah, so I going into, I went to Arlington High School my freshman year. And then when I turned 16, my parents uh, had built their business to a place of uh, some financial stability Um, And they also wanted me to be around some better friends and influences. So, and, and there was, and I was able to, I got my license right when I turned 16. So then they sent me to a private school called Kings in Shoreline, Washington. And I would, I actually commuted for about an hour every day to school as a 16 year old sophomore. And sometimes I would drive with Lisa Polson so we could take the carpool lane. But if that didn't work out, then I would drive the one way down to Shoreline, go to the school. Now, of course you would think like, oh, we're gonna send, you know, him to a private Christian school, amazing school, by the way. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not gonna get into trouble. So much so that I actually got expelled right before my senior year from Kings. Wow. Um, For just wild living, man, just partying. And I was a terrible person. I mean, I really, I was, I I just had a, a horrible disrespect for women. Um, And I was just really living for myself and living for pleasure. And um, so I got expelled. And so what I did was then I went to Everett Community College to finish high school credits my senior year. And at that time, you know, I, I was just kind of barely going to school, but I'm, you know, just like smoking pot every day. And uh, just partying and 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 not putting any effort into school at all. And then I started to get into some harder stuff, like started to rave in Seattle a little bit and whatnot. So what ended up happening was I eventually, towards the end of that year, I still was I started to work at Red Robin right as I turned 17, bussing tables, and I was the bird a little bit and a host. But I started to party really hard, and that actually led me to the end of myself, if you will, because. I did a lot of stupid things, but this one night I just got, uh, I I got partied so hard that I just had depleted all my joy and all the life, and I'd stayed up all night, and I ended yeah. up, uh, you know, in the morning at some other place where people were doing like more drugs, and and there was a moment of clarity where I was like, I may have made a few wrong choices that has led me to some random house in Edmonds, Washington where there's firearms on the tables. People oh, are doing wow. cocaine. And, I'm, <laughs> uh, and I've am and i been partying for two days straight and I don't know where my lost friend is. And oh. I'm with my girlfriend at the time and, and we're all cracked out from being at a rave all night. And um, I'm like, I think I've maybe made a few bad decisions. <laughs> Somewhere along the line has brought me to this moment and it was from there that actually day I had to go double at Red Robin I'd been up like 24 hours straight I took more drugs so I could just uh, actually finish uh, a, a day of work I was all like yellow my eyes looked jaundiced got through that day and I woke up this is all the story of how I ended up at college was I didn't even wanna to go to college. I don't have vision for my life. I don't have vision for a future. I don't have vision for entrepreneurship. I don't have passion for anything. I know some people I wanna be this when I grow up. I had nothing. I mean, I, I guess I wanted to be a right rapper my junior year in high school. And I thought that could have been my career path, but you know, the m M&M era, but uh, right. I, I had no chance. Um, and so eventually after all this, I really got depressed. And I went into like a few days of depression. Yeah. And my mom came out to me one day, I was like, I happen to be working in the backyard. And she said, Sean, what would you think about going to Prairie Bible Institute? Now that's it's PBI, it's up in Three Hills, Alberta, one and a half hours out of Calgary, Canada, a 3000 person, tiny little town in the middle of snowy tundra. Wow. And there's about 3000 people there total in the town, 2000 are this small Bible college. And she said, and I would have never with the previous mindset, ever wanted to to do that? But she said, "What would you think about going?" And I said, "Yes." I just instantly, and the reason why, because I was like, I don't know, I I depleted my vision. My vision was blurred. My like, you know, for my future, I I was like, I knew I was hanging out with just bad influence as far as my friends. I I didn't have any self worth or confidence, and I and I was like, I got to get out of here and just do something different. And I viewed it as almost like going to be a monk. I was like, "This you want to talk about?" <laughs> Disconnecting from just, you know, the influences of the world. I bet this tiny little town. And the reason she knew about the school was she went there. And then a couple of my other parents or or uncles are missionaries. They went there. So it's like, how'd you pick prairie? Well, because it was kind of in our line. And so I went and did a year, a certificate in Bible. And so then for the first time, I did the Old Testament, New Testament. And I was just living in a dorm room and and spent a year up there before transitioning back to Marysville to be an intern at a church. And I did a ministry kind of college internship called Soma Northwest, School of Ministry Arts Northwest. And that's where, that was a life-changing program. I mean, leadership, of course, theology and getting your values and your ethics and a relationship with God and faith, but also just like leadership, emotional intelligence, working with people, trying to motivate, intern, event planning, running events for the youth ministry video. And that's when I got into video was as soon as mm. I did that in- internship. So now we're about 2003 when I came back from Perry Bible Institute.
0: And you were, how old were you about 20? I
1: was 20, oh. yeah, I was like 19. Um, because wow. Cause it kind of all stacked where I was at the Everett community college, Prairie one year and then s- straight into Soma Northwest. And I met Sonia, my wife, at Starbucks in our small town. She was going to the UW in Seattle, studying law. And um, she met her and she started to commute. She was in a sorority for a while, but then she started to commute. And so that's where she started to come to church with me. She was Seventh-day Adventist, her background, but she started to come to church. And I was one year ahead of her in this ministry school. So we each went through SOMA for three years. I was one year ahead of her and we
0: got married at 21, met at 20. So, uh, you, yeah. <clears throat> but you told you told I heard you tell the story about about when you met her and yeah, how, tell that story because that that's funny. Yeah, and, so
1: I'm so I would be going in now. This school too. This was you want to talk about. I have all these paths of hard work, hustle, and high standards. So not only did I learn hard work from my parents in summer northwest, the first year school started at six. Oh, what a.m. And <laughs> Jeff Barnes, the teacher of that class would be, there was a train. So on my commute, if a train passed, you know, it would block you and that could make or break. If you did not get there on time, he made you sit in the hall, oh, uh, no, no joke. And, and he was like, because people in Africa, this is, and I quote, <laughs> are grateful and have to walk three miles to get to ministry or church training. Oh. So you, you can make it in your american car <laughs> you can. and i was like but a train come you you could prepare for the train Uh-oh. he softened up a little bit after a while so i would go to starbucks at 5 a.m. to try to oh, get awake drink some coffee read my bible sneak in a little bit of my homework and so sonia would be opening at 4:30 and she's like who's this guy who's got incredible swagger. I'm just kidding, that's what she like, told me <laughs> later. Uh, who's this interesting character who's coming in at 5 a.m. three days a week, reading his Bible, you know, <laughs> right. in Marysville, like there's nobody there. Right. And so she actually had a boyfriend at the time. And and I, you know, definitely acknowledged her allure, but, <laughs> but was respected that. Plus I was also in this like really hardcore ministry mentality where it's like, it's me and Jesus, man. Like I don't, no time for, and, and, but nevertheless, I'm also but like, oh, my heart is pulled towards her. Right. I just feel so torn. And so eventually they break up. So now I start making my moves. I don't have the confidence to like, just ask her out. This is kind of a tangent, but it's funny too. We are part of this thing called the CCAD, the yeah. countercultural approach to dating. This thing had good intentions, but was one of the most toxic, like, uh like you know if church takes religion too far conservative (laughs) about like you can't when it comes to dating you can't actually like say you're dating don't declare intent sure meet in groups and some of these principles are good but again it was taken to the extreme and yeah. there's actually a verse in ecclesiastes that says the man who fears god avoids all extremes yeah. i think a lot of people could pay attention to that one just because we sometimes just take things it's good in principle but you took it too far so right. so i didn't know how to I, I i was like i can't date her i can't really tell her i like her i can't de- 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 declare intent i can't what do i do so everything was like was like Subtle. So what, what I ended up happening was I was getting to know her. Hey, what do you into? Oh, I go to the UW because I was going there all the time. And right. I also started to go there all the time. So I'd go there before school and then after she's like, you're back. I'm like, yeah, more coffee. That's when my coffee addiction started. Right. <laughs> and so, uh, I found out she was into running and anybody that maybe follows me now knows that like, I'm really into running now. I was absolutely unactive and inactive in any athletic endeavor of, of any sort at right. like 20 years old. And so I found out she's into running though. So I got an idea and I thought, huh, what if I go and buy some running clothes? God is my witness. And I dress up in those running clothes and go into Starbucks. You know, I'm just showing up, just just here. And uh, and we'll see what happens. And so sure enough, I walk up to the counter and she goes, oh, so you're into running. And I was like, clearly. And uh, she's like, as am I. Maybe we could go run together someday. I was like, sounds like a good idea. I'm like, yes, you know. Oh. And uh, and then what ended up happening was it wasn't like just that quick, but a, a little while later, I think I was like, hey, like I was thinking about going to run at the Arlington Airport. You like want to join me? And and so that was like kind of our first date. Mind you, I could only actually jog for about five minutes. <laughs> but she was into me too. In hindsight, I found out. So then we just walked, and we ended up walking like the whole Arlington Airport, just kind of getting to know each other and talking. And and that was kind of the beginnings of uh, now we've been. We just celebrated 14 years of marriage. Wow!
0: Congratulations, dude. And I Thank met you. your wife. She's amazing. She's beautiful. You you, you guys. You, you, wow. So so. It, you, I won't repeat what you said on stage in San Diego about why you got married, but- I'm No, married. I'll say it. We wanted to have sex, um,
1: you know? <laughs> and, uh, and when you're in, I know it's like, it's a whole different era now, it's, but but back then, you know, we, we were in this hardcore kind of culture. So that's why all of our friends are getting married at like 19, 20, 21. Oh because, you know, we're trying
0: to- <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But, that's awesome. So, um, that, I think that was the moment I'm like, this dude's gotta be on my show. Wow. So, so, so here you are at 20, 20 years old, 21, and you're married. Yeah. Married
1: at 21, uh, wow. working a couple jobs, working at red Robin, volunteering at the church as
0: an intern, doing video. Um, and doing video explain that when you say doing, cause I can grab my iPhone and do video. What, what do you mean by that? So this was cool because, you know, today we mentioned YouTube Secrets, the book,
1: and now yeah. I've got 1.5 million subscribers on YouTube and over a hundred million video views. And and it's been amazing, the journey, but I didn't realize that it was a setup. You know, I think that sometimes we look back in hindsight and we just, I believe, you know, we make our plans, but God directs our steps. Yeah. And so I just showed up to intern in this youth ministry and the youth pastor said, hey, let's start making video announcements Wednesday nights and just to do something cool and innovative. And this was pretty crazy at 2003, especially in a church. And so every week it was my responsibility to do video announcements. So I would just do, he would kind of like, we, we were influenced by skate videos and snowboard videos. And we looked at what maybe like, almost like Man on the Street, Evening Magazine, whatever. And so I'd have like a little mic with a cord in it and a Canon HV. 30 camcorder, which had mini DV tapes. And every week I would just get these video announcements done and man, I would shoot like an hour of footage and then you'd have to capture it with a Firewire cable minute for minute, no SD card. So it would take an hour to capture it. Then I would chop it all up and that would capture it back. So I'd send the video, final video back to the mini DV tape. Then we put it in a VHS converter and put it into a VCR in the back of the church, hit play and it would play on then the projector screen. And we'd had weekly video announcements. And here's what was so powerful about this, was again, putting in the work and consistency. I did one of these every single once a week for the entire year. So that was 52 videos that I either shot, edited, was in, had somebody else in, tried to get a group of people to do, saying yeah. some Christmas stuff and like whatever, tried to be just creative in every single one. And your first videos would be your worst videos. Like they were terrible. Like these were not good videos, Yeah. but they were like helping me get my muscles. Kind of like just the repetitions I'm putting in the reps as it came to video. Eventually the lead pastor was like, hey, these aren't that bad. In 2004 then he said, why don't you do these on Sundays as well? I'm still volunteering, trying, trying to be married and figure that stuff out. And, right. and then working at Red Robin, trying to pay the bills. My wife's working multiple jobs but now I'm editing two videos a week at least. And then we're working on other projects. So I was getting, I was just in the, you know this refiners fire or rather this crucible of video. Cause I'm, I'm putting out over 104 videos a year in 2004, the year before YouTube started. Right. So people today, I mean, I really believe like you have to develop the content creation muscle. If you wanna be relevant in today's culture, whether you're a business owner, whether you wanna create extra income as a stay at home mom, whether you are a nonprofit leader, you're in a ministry, content is the gateway to entry to relevance in today's culture. And yet it could be intimidating, well, how do I do you know, I, I gotta put out like a video every single week. It's like, you should be putting out stuff maybe daily. You know, now we yeah. have Instagram stories, but I was, it's such a blessing that I was doing that before even the speed of today's, if you will, demand of content. And so then 2007, was we launched a YouTube channel for the church and I wasn't even that innovative in this stuff. This was like, I'm just thankful for some of the leaders that we're seeing ahead. We're in a small town, yeah, Marysville, Washington, AKA Cowtown as the name, right. as people call it. and. And yet, we had some leaders that were like, "Hey, there's this thing called Twitter. You think the young people be into it?" I remember when Mike Villamore was literally like, "There's this thing called Twitter. I just heard about it at a conference," and I was like, "Twitter, (laughs) stupid." I'm I'm like the young, all of us, like all of we're like 22 or whatever. We're like Twitter. Who's gonna read a tweet? Right, (laughs) right. But but I started to get into that stuff, and so that gave me this head start that by 2009, I started a company called Clear Vision Media, which was me creating websites, doing video production, optimizing people's YouTube channels. Yep. And I learned that everything I learned, I learned in the church. And I learned it in the church, self-taught, as well as catching a spirit of learning. Like lifelong leaders are lifelong learners. Yep. So I would pursue, I would buy a DVD that taught me how to use the Canon 7DD or 70 7D at the time. I would go to a little conference locally, constantly learning and leveling up my craft. There wasn't a lot of online education yet, like being able to watch YouTube videos or Vimeo videos, but I would just, whatever I could, always trying to get 1% better at my craft every single day, every single upload, every single video I did for my church, every single video I did for my clients. So fast forward today, I've put over 40,000 hours into video, video marketing, um, video production, shooting video, scripting video, just all the different things.
0: Cause I've been doing this literally since 2003. So, you know, and that's interesting. Cause I, you know, I, you, you have a course um, which we'll talk a little bit about, but like, and it's, it's teaching people how to build their YouTube influence and with video and and like, which is amazing. Too. I've watched a little bit of it. I bought it, um, and I, I I I told you right right up front. <laughs> I need, I need to put some more time into that. Um, Grant Cardone says we create our own time, and I'm like, I I need to figure out how to do that. So, um, but you know, like, because I, I preach the same thing. Like, you've got to get on video. You have to get on video. and live streaming video today is like. I've I've used the analogy. If ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox called you up and said, Hey, we want you to run ads for free on our network anytime you want. Don't even have a time limit. Just do it whenever you want. Would you say no to that? There's no, no way. No. And all of this is free. It's crazy. It's 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 insane. So, you know, so with what you're you're teaching, what you're seeing, I mean, having over a hundred million views on YouTube is just Dude, that's sick. That's insane. Appreciate that. That That's unbelievable. So what do you see people doing um, that may have a small business and not know what to do? What do you see them doing that in your opinion may be their biggest mistake when it comes to video stuff? I think first of all, the mistake is to ignore it. I think that
1: the, the mistakes that, especially small business owners and leaders make is they do know that their current actions, oh, oh, here's a great example. Um, There's a local restaurant here in Vegas that we love. It's got some just incredible food. It's brand new, but it's been open four months and there's rarely anybody in there. And it's not because it doesn't have good food. It's got some great food. I just took our whole team. We had a big shoot day this week. So we brought in like eight of us and 10 of us one day and we're eating there. And they don't have a content problem, meaning the essence of what they do. The content is amazing. Like right. their food. Um what most business owners do is everybody solves a problem for somebody. They maybe you know you cut hair really good. You um get people's uh taxes uh you know balanced and you get the return really good. You catch extra deductions for them. Whatever it is you do, you help people get in shape, you help people save money, make money. Whatever it is you help people with, your content is great, but I've learned that content is king. Like the food's got to be good. Yeah but marketing is queen and she runs the household. Yeah. And so, as we were in there, I started to think, and I'm talking, by the way, this is all we think about all day, but I'm talking with Omar just two days ago. We're sitting there and just thinking that, man, and and it wasn't just video, it was these guys gotta be taking action on Instagram. They need to be getting some local food influencers in here. Like that's where they should be spending dollars. They need to be leaning into Yelp and making sure they're getting their Yelp reviews. These guys need to be getting their Google listings uh, yeah. up and see how they're ranking. And then you get into video. These guys need to be leveraging the fact that YouTube, for example, has is the second largest search engine in the world, but even for local search, and helping your website have backlinks and cross linking between your website, your blogs, you know, YouTube videos. Um, you, there's this massive opportunity to just even impact your local business. You could be investing dollars into YouTube ads. One of the biggest paid opportunities right now is Facebook. People's ad accounts are getting shut down. It's getting more crowded. Prices are going up. YouTube yep. is still wide open. And so doing local targeting, targeting around your zip code for paid ads on YouTube. And then beyond that, Because what I like to say is, here's a couple levels for a business owner to get involved. Number one, just establish your presence there. It is irresponsible for you as a business owner or leader of any kind to not have a presence on YouTube. Are you kidding me? It's the second largest website in the world, the second largest search engine in the world, the number one video site in the world, and it's free, as you said dude say that one more time it's what irresponsible it's irresponsible i love that for any business leader or business owner to ignore and i'm not what i'm saying at this level is that if you just don't have a couple videos answering your faqs if you don't have a video about your business if you don't have a video titled you know when i started i was a director of communications when i moved to las vegas here was the title that i made of the video not just the name of the sermon give me water as I pant for a deer, sermon. like no one's gonna find that. I titled the video, Las Vegas Christian Church. I titled the video, Las Vegas, Henderson, Nevada. I'm talking like, what are people looking for when they're yep. looking for you? You just need that video Um, on at least your YouTube. Number one, establish a presence. Number two, answer the top 10 frequently asked questions that you get about your product or service on your YouTube channel. One question, one video. And even if that never blows up on YouTube, now you've multiplied yourself. You've essentially created a little robot where someone on your team or even you, they email you and say, hey, what about this? And you go, oh, here's a link. Oh, here's a link. Oh, and you don't have to get on the phone for 10 minutes repeatedly. You can automate what's happening by answering the frequently asked questions in your business but the final layer is this particular place it's a paella place if i'm saying that right amazing spanish food and it's very unique and it's very good and i start to think about the power of cooking channels on youtube i think about recipe channels i think about the fact that just since august uh donia angelo you can look her up she started her channel in august she lives in mexico oh she i met the grandmother. She has over two million subscribers,
0: dude. That that grandma that that's that, right that cooks on the stone thing and two million. I'm subscribers. a subscriber. I'm one of her subscribers. It's unbelievable.
1: The production value is not crazy. There's no intro. There's no sound effects. It just ch- 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 just edits through the recipe, and and because people love food, man
0: dude and And it's super unique i don't speak spanish i don't i can't but i i'm like mesmerized by her you gotta look her up
1: too if people are just learning about her she's amazing so i'm saying when you get into unique food not unique food right recipes whatever they have a chance to build a brand that's bigger than a local restaurant yeah by by the way i mean and uh, this is not meant to i have to probably never see this but this would be like my marketing consulting with them Like ain't nobody coming into your restaurant right now, man. You All you got is time all day. You could probably shoot a video every single day. Hey, today I just wanna show you how we did and like throw it up on YouTube. What do you do? This happens all the time. Local businesses, local jewelry jewelry stores. One of my favorite, my wife loves to go to like antique stores, like little shabby chic stores, little gift shops. We're about to go to Leavenworth, Washington over the holidays. We're gonna be in all these Christmas stores, little, you know, local, Knickknack type stores. Yeah. You've been in these places. Yep. The person sit behind the counter for eight hours that day doing nothing, reading a book. Right. They could be making a YouTube video about reviewing a product, unboxing a product. People don't know this is happening, but this is why people need to get YouTube secrets the book because it's a revolution. And there's ways to this is making, you know, it's not the amount of hours you work, it's the amount of work you put in your hours. You can do this stuff. The Mexican grandmother cooking show it is someone, do you just have like your husband, your sister, your friend, hold up a phone and yeah. film you as you go, hey, today we're gonna be unboxing the angel of Christmas. Let's look, very good detail here. Wow, look, oh, nice. You can see some glitter on there. All right, hey, if you wanna uh, see other unboxing videos of cool uh, Christmas knickknacks, make sure to subscribe to the channel. And if you're ever locally, and again, people are gonna watch that around the world. It doesn't mean they're necessarily gonna come in local like today, right. but you commit to doing that. And that's how you build a brand where now you're a destination. Plus you could also do of course e-commerce and ship things out through the influence you build on YouTube. You could even affiliate link. Cause like maybe that's, that's a crazy business owner thing. They, they, might, they might not want to, they'd say, you have to buy this from us and pay more and pay all this extra shipping and we'll box it up and ship to you. Why don't you review the stuff that you're selling locally but put it on your YouTube channel and put an Amazon affiliate link to it, which by the way, we're gonna probably make $30,000 this month on Amazon affiliate. I don't say that just to flex. I guess I kind of do, but like, you know, uh, but but because I talk about cameras and tech on YouTube and people click the links and I get a small percentage when people make a purchase. So there's business owners, they got like, you got a whole shop full of knickknacks you you already have them there. You could review them really quick, base it on search and yep. then link to them as affiliates and you
0: just create an extra income stream. I don't think people, and and I I, <clears throat> I would imagine your book talks about this, but I've talked about it for years. I've been doing video stuff since before YouTube as well. and And I don't think people understand that when you Google, when you go to Google and you type in a search and then maybe halfway down the page, you might see a video that's because Google owns YouTube, right? right. And, and so so people don't, they don't connect the dots. Sometimes I think like, oh, if I type type in, what'd you call it? An angel? <laughs> an angel-, hey, angel of Christmas. <laughs> yeah, the angel of Christmas review. And oh, bam, there's your video at the top. Well, if I do the same thing in Google, probably halfway down the first page, or maybe at the top of the second page, I'm gonna see your YouTube video as well. I don't think people realize that.
1: 100% videos are 53 times more likely to rank on the first page of Google than text posts and Google owns YouTube. So yeah, yeah I mean, YouTube is a, a, a verifiable force. I'll say it again. I think it's irresponsible to ignore it. Unless, uh, unless you have a couple things going on in your life. Number one, you have too much money. If you're on here and you're like, <laughs> you know what? I just have too much money. This is this is this is awful. I can't. Right. I can't. You know, can, can I pay the college more for my kids' tuition? I know you guys only want fifty k a year. Can we give you fifty five? Like we're just feeling. Like, eh, can I? Is it like I'm giving all my money away to charity? And I got more. I got more than enough. That I. Can. If if that's you, then maybe you don't need to pay attention to culture <laughs> right. and things shifting. But right. if you want to be relevant in 2025 and 2030, but also in 2020, you gotta see that man, Uber came, Lyft came and they brought massive disruption to local black car taxi companies. Yep. You gotta look and see that Airbnb is bringing massive disruption and vacation renter, rentals by uh, owner to, to these industries and, and hotel industries that Netflix uh, sent ba- Blockbuster into bankruptcy. I think that just as leaders of any kind, of people of any kind, we have to um, be thinking about this, and it's not because it's influence, it's reach, it's relevancy. And I think what also happens is sometimes it's hard to see the forest through the trees. We we yeah. just kind of see the today, but it's like I think that I like to judge my life not by the harvest I'm reaping, but by the seeds that I'm sowing. Mm. So when we the where most small business owners make a mix mistake too is they start on social media and they don't see a harvest yet. So they were like, I did this for a week. They're like, I did two posts. I set up my Instagram account. I posted three times, but that's crazy. Cause it's almost like just being like, you plant three seeds in your garden and three days later you come back. You're like, "What? <laughs> Where's Where, not a stuff. fully grown tree with fruit yet? You gotta be kidding. Right. And yet, Yet they know that in every other area of life that that is how life works. The same is true when you learn these new tools and leverage these new technologies. You wanna plant seeds to position yourself, your business, your brand, your message now for the harvest that you're gonna reap in one year, two years, and five years later. If you're not getting educated about YouTube right now, then you're not gonna be ready to capitalize and ride the wave on maybe the next platform that comes, yeah. or maybe when you do lose your job. So that's what I also think is sometimes we get so comfortable and we're like, well, I got a job, so I don't need to build anything on the side. I don't know, Like life's a little more disruptive than that, I've learned. Yeah. And so it's always nice to be diversified if you have all your eggs in one basket, what happens if something happens to that basket. So I think it's always nice to be working on a side hustle, an extra stream of income. I know you know my story too with chronic illness with my wife and and, and different things that have come. So tomorrow is not guaranteed. What are you doing today to plan for the future, to diversify your income? What if you do get disrupted or laid off? Well, now if you've been building something on the side or you have a little momentum, you don't have to start from scratch, especially again, if you get laid off today, you don't go, oh shoot, I'm gonna plant these seeds so I can sell fruit. You gotta wait too long. right? So you wanna be planting the seeds while things are good. Yes. To be positioning yourself for the good and the
0: bad that is assuredly coming in all of our lives. Dude, that is so true. Uh, like, <clears throat> i literally i could ask you a gazelle we could spend all day on here and i know you don't have that time neither do i but but uh, like you have spit some unbelievable gold nuggets unbelievable somebody asked a question on here pam aubrey which you met pam in in uh in vegas at the meetup oh hey pam yeah Pam's awesome (laughs) so she said um tips for beginners so whether they're doing a live stream video like we're doing right now um, i've said this many times the very first time i went live was on periscope and i was nervous as a hooker in church (laughs) i was scared right so you know and and everybody goes through that i mean you did right doing your first video oh my gosh
1: yeah like your first videos are your worst videos yeah um public speaking is one of greatest fears that we all have as humans period right and so it's even crazier when we start public speaking and pushing it out to the internet so yeah i mean i think that um just like anything it's accepting the fact that you have to be willing to suck at the start yeah we for some reason compare our beginning to somebody else's middle and think that wow like man they're just so good or they seem confident or they seem so smooth yeah it's because they've done it for 20,000 hours. They've put out a hundred bad videos, two hundred bad videos, and now you're seeing them hitting their stride, and you haven't even taken the first step. Right. And so you have to just punch fear in the face, punch perfectionism in the face, and press record. I kind of liken it as going to the gym, and you know, I don't actually go there. I do run a lot, and that's why I'm pretty scrawny. And 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 if you go to the gym. That's where you actually get the guns. I don't have them. I've read about it. So I learned that that's what would happen if you lift heavy things. Right. But when you buy a gym membership, as everyone will do, right, after holiday eating and all the stuff, and they're like, you know, give me a couple of weeks to get crazy. And then January, (laughs) I'm going to get that 24 hour fitness. When people start going back into the gym, it's the worst. You know, you walk in, if you haven't been there for a while, and you're like, okay shoot i don't know anybody i feel awkward am i wearing the right thing this person's got this gym shark that girl's got some like yoga leggings lululemon like wow that looks so cool you're like and you're you're like what do i and then you go up to the machine i look at the picture of like how to do the exercise i'm like doing it i'm like oh i'm pointed the wrong way like what the you know people are staring at you like shrugging at you like that's yeah. what it's like when you go do something for the first time you have terrible form you fall off the treadmill because it's your first Time. Right. But if you keep showing up and if you keep putting in the repetitions and if you're willing to practice in public on your live stream. Then what happens is three months later, now you like roll in, you're like, what's up, Jeff? Like fist bump. Like you <laughs> roll over, you know, you got some kind of like cool jacket thing, or like, you know, you got beats headphones on, you got your workout playlist built now. And now you actually can like lift something without your arm shaking. Why? Because you keep showing up and doing it. Same thing happens with live streaming. Yep. You just need to actually set a date and say every Tuesday morning, every Saturday night. Whenever you're gonna do it, I'm gonna show up and go live. I'm gonna go live for five minutes or 15. I am gonna show up. I'm gonna be brief, be bright, be fun, be done. And if I stumble over my words or I mess up, no big deal. Because guess what? There was only like one person there anyways. When you start, (laughs) there's only a couple people there. And, and, And guess what? You can still impact and change their lives because when you're messing up, you're also just being human. Hello, you're empowering other people to just step out there. But then what happens is you put in the reps. And so there's two tips really. One is to just punch fear in the face and start, but then keep going because you have to put in the repetitions. It's like practicing free throws, just showing up. You just keep shooting. You just keep shooting to develop the form and just keep shooting. And then eventually you're making more shots. And then the second thing would be to keep learning. And obviously listening even to something like this, but listening to best practices, maybe eventually start reading a book on communication, Talk Like Ted. Now you're structuring your communication a little bit better. Maybe you go to something like Broadcaster Authority, uh, which was the event where we met and and they were helping people, interview people and giving feedback. So go to a conference that can help you become a better speaker, a better communicator. Study actual topics. Get the book, YouTube Secrets. Study topics like, you know, what we invest in is what we get a return from. And so maybe, You know, go to a conference, listen to uh, search on YouTube, how to be a better communicator, how to be a better speaker and and consistently learn. But where I see people get stuck is they actually get stuck in one of those two ruts. They either one take massive action, but so much so that their videos are the exact same a year later because they didn't tweak them. They didn't get feedback. They didn't didn't keep learning. They just keep doing the same thing over and over. Definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. On the flip side, and a lot of people get stuck here, we get into where all we do is learn. We buy another course, another book, a hundred more YouTube videos, another conference. And it's not either or, it's both and. We wanna be consistently learning and then putting it into play because we learn by doing, but we get sharpened through coaching and through mentorship. Not all amateurs have coaches in athletics, um, not all do. And the fact though about professionals is all professionals have coaches and those in the top 1% have multiple coaches. Yep. So if you wanna be world-class at something, you gotta get help and then you do both. And it's in that rhythm of going live and then watching, this is the Kobe Bryant principle, is you always rewatch the videos you put out, the live streams that you did and you ask two questions. What did I do right and what could I do better? and kobe after a game good or bad would review the game tape so that he was always leveling up i heard from somebody the other day who actually said i never watch my videos after i put them out and i think that's a terrible idea yeah. unless you're already again sometimes somebody like a gary vee will throw that out it's like dude well you're already gary vee like you're already <laughs> yeah. 20 years into your career and then into communication with a level of natural charisma you're already good That's that principle is not for you when you're just starting, right? Like, you need to watch the game tape back. And I know you'll cringe at it, but that's where you get sharper. You go, Oh man, I lost the energy there. Oh man, I I said so many ums. All that, by the way, editing my own videos was one of the best things ever that helped me become a better communicator because I had to cringe, being like, Dude, I I didn't even say the right word. I said, Um, what I didn't, what was that? What face was that that I just made? Why is my eye twitching? What is, you know? But year after year, those nuances uh, right. help me become the communicator that I am today.
0: It's so true, man. And I think to your point, you know, people will will bust out the the iPhone or or whatever and say, okay, I'm gonna go be Gary V today or I'm gonna be Sean Cannell or I'm gonna go do it, you know? And it's like, no, you got like, I think that you can take from the energy that Sean is putting out you can take from what the energy that Gary V is put Gary does 150 million dollars a year in business if you're doing 150 million dollars a year in business and you want to get on and talk with the same language that Gary V does hey man more power to you I don't do that I don't believe in that but but like there are people that are like making four dollars a week that are trying to be Gary V and talk like that, and it's like, dude, no, that I wouldn't recommend that. Would you? Nope. Yeah, that's the wrong wrong route. Or maybe they should just get in into your course and and like that. That would definitely change their life. But talk a little bit about that, because dude, we've already been on here fifty two minutes. That's it's crazy.
1: Insane. Time flies.
0: It's crazy. So talk a little bit about your course because I I, I want you to be able to, if you don't mind, Sure. um, uh, are you still accepting people into the the program?
1: Yeah, so we have some really cool stuff happening right now. Um, Right now, if you go to uh, 2020 Video Secrets, actually. Um, And so I just did a brand new free training and um, you can actually get, access to the replay right now just for a few days. And so anybody watching this, that's gonna be um, an hour long of the latest things that you need to know. I actually share how I use YouTube to generate over 57,000 views a day. And then how I turn those views into over $100,000 of income per month without using YouTube ads, which by the way, I use YouTube ads as well, but um, that's just, a little extra compared to kind of the business model we built around that. So, for any business leaders or anybody that wants to understand how to leverage YouTube, 2020, the number, video secrets, plural, .com, and you can just watch that free instant replay. At the end of that, we do talk about my program, Video Ranking Academy, which is now, we've had over 3,000 students. We've had multiple people quit their jobs. Sean Chandler just told me, I've gone full time on YouTube, doing what I love. Jennifer, The Sewing Report, she's got a sewing channel, gone full time. Dadverb, uh, doing a fatherhood channel, as well as doing video production, making thousands a month from um, affiliates. Technodad, doing home theater stuff, um, making two, four, 5,000 for brand deals and affiliate marketing. And of course, um, you know, people have all kinds of different results and ambitions. We have real estate agents in there. We have um, people that do network marketing. And so 2020 secrets.com will give you what you definitely need to know, whether you wanna be a part of the program or not. It's totally yeah. free, yeah. deep dive training. And then um, you'll learn about that. But what's really cool is we have a very limited special going on over, over there with a bundle we've never done before. We act, it actually includes two tickets to our live event, Growth Video Live, that's coming up in September, 2020. So you have plenty of time in Las Vegas. So there's Video Ranking Academy there's the tickets to the live event. We have a new course bundled in there on video podcasting because we believe the future is video podcasting in addition to search-based content on YouTube. And what I mean by that is audio is taking over, yet you should start on video. So even if you just do what we're doing right here, we've got the video, Yeah. but then this audio can go to Spotify, iTunes, uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, all the different places and so a video podcast can go on YouTube and then snippets can be chopped down. And um, Omar on our team and Heather helped teach that course and myself and he Omar took our proprietary process to a company in Vegas called Lash Bay. They have a couple local, la- they're lash artists. They have a couple brick and mortar places. They contract yeah. different lash artists. And then they also sell lashes and glue. So the e-commerce and online. And then they also um, do workshops to train lash artists. So real deal brick and mortar business pounding the pavement every day, Fired their marketing company that they were paying thousands because they weren't just getting results for them. And they went all into content marketing with search-based content on YouTube and then doing a video podcast for lashes in the last industry. It grew to be the number one on uh, there. They're doing eight figures a year in their business. They wow. scaled to it was like three, seven, now eight figure three, you know, three million, seven million, And from compounding and leveraging YouTube yeah. as well as modern media and social media. So anyways, that, that training that I was just describing and their story and all their content is inside how they did exactly what they did is inside of this bundle. So we've put together just a crazy bundle to give people massive momentum going into 2020 um, when it comes to uh, dominating YouTube video podcasting tickets to our live event. And so, yeah, 2020 Video Secrets. Um, grab a journal, take notes. You'll get a solid hour of content and a lot of strategies you can apply. And then you'll hear more about that program if it's right for you and your business. And um, again, don't hesitate to reach out to, to me or our team. And all that information is at 2020videosecrets.com.
0: And I got to say, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in the, like I'm in the private Facebook group and like, dude, you are so responsive. I mean, you're always training, posting, putting stuff up and you're very, very responsive. I I, I love that about you, man. So like, Sean, I could literally spend all day with you cause like you, you've just got that much content but I, I do want to ask you real fast, couple quick questions. Um, <clears throat> number one, not with video, just life in general. Um, what do you think the number one thing is that holds people back in life from not just success, but success and happiness and and true true joy? What's the number one thing?
1: Well, I'll give you two answers because I I have the utmost respect for for people of different faiths and beliefs. I think that the the number one thing, though, you know, from my perspective, um, is is a relationship with God. Uh, you know, it is my conviction that we were created by a creator, and so being in that relationship with the creator is the foundation. How could we? Um, and in my opinion, the Bible is the instructional manual for unlocking true joy peace fulfillment and so um you know my background i'm i'm a jesus follower but with respect to anybody if you're not if your spiritual life is not something that you are paying attention to we are spirit we're spirit beings and there's going to be a huge i just believe you'll be either living at a lower level of life or not even fully being activated into what you were created to to be. So I find that I was just thinking about it. There's the Sermon on the Mount, and it's it's kind of the most famous sermon from Jesus. And it's like Matthew 5, 6, 7, and 8, I think, right? And then at the yeah. end he says, He who builds his life on these words will be like a house that's built on the rock. And then it says this that when the storms come and the rains pour, he will they, it won't knock you down. Right. But it says that if you don't build your life on these words, that it's like building your house on sand. And when the storms come, and I think that's kind of the true test of life. It's not that we have, if you will, happiness or momentum or joy when everything's going right. Because Correct. when we're in those seasons, we're coasting off the current of the momentum of, a, of just maybe blessings around us. It happens to be a good time. The real test for any of us is when things are all going wrong. Mm-hmm. what happens when the storm comes, which it assuredly will, right. when the rains fall? And what are you really built on? And so for me, my faith is the anchor of my soul. And that's my my relationship with God is my source of peace, joy. But I want to give one other answer. And I actually think it's just simply this. It's vision. It's mm. vision. And there's also a proverb, famous verse it says where there is no no vision, the people perish. Yeah. And that verse goes on too, in a different translation, it says, where there is no vision, the people cast off restraint, they lose discipline. If we don't have a vision, one one author said it this way, in the absence of a great vision, pettiness prevails. Mm. So if we're not living for something bigger than ourselves, if we're not living to to make, to for something outside of ourselves, if we don't have, a picture vision is a picture of the preferred future vision is like a preview of coming attractions we need to capture a vision for our family a vision for our business a vision for our physical health a vision for how we want to feel a vision for what we want our calendar to be filled with for who we want in our life with what we want to be doing how we want to be doing it vision is a source of energy a source of momentum and i think that where a lot of people based on your question get stuck or where they settle is they have they, they lose vision. Yeah. So that you cast off it's like if what do you got to do tomorrow? Nothing. What do you want to do then? Eat Cheetos and and just sit around. <laughs> right. But if if there's if I have a vision that there's a great need one of the things that drives me is I believe we're living through a leadership crisis in America and around the world. Yeah. So I'm passionate about building leaders, leadership believing that we need leaders in the home we need fathers to be leaders business leaders employees to take leadership and ownership so I, I wake up every day I've I've got a lot deeper I've got deeper vision than YouTube videos like I know that YouTube is a vehicle right so so that's what I would say I would say capturing the power of your uh your vision capturing vision and if your v- vision is blurry don't feel guilty like don't get it back. Take some time to go get a vision, get a bigger vision, get re-in touch with your vision. Maybe you completed your vision. And sometimes that's where we get through that transition into retirement. It's been proven, right? If you, when a lot of times when people retire but they don't catch another vision, then oftentimes they pass away very quickly. Yeah. Whereas if they go on to that next challenge, that next fight, that next. And so what are you fighting for? if you don't wake up every single day uh, and your feet hit the floor and you just think, man, I'm ready to go fight another, fight the good fight again. Yeah. And it's not that you're not tired. It's not that you're not discouraged. And it's not that your back doesn't hurt because if you're fighting for something, chances are you're also getting punched in the face and you got cuts under your eyes. Right. And, and, but vision, I think is something we all need to have as a
0: source of fuel so we can keep going day after day love love that's the best answer ever ever on this show so and we're over an hour i don't like it's the internet man it doesn't matter if it doesn't matter to you but but my my que- last question for you is this if somebody called you and got a hold of you and they were talking to you and they said, Sean, I'm at the lowest point I've ever been. I have this company, but my car was repoed. My electric's getting shut off tomorrow. i am It's falling apart. I don't know what to do. Everything I've been trying doesn't work. And <clears throat> don't know what the next step is. What do you say to that person in that moment? Because look, we've all been there. I mean, I've been there, I don't know if you have, but I've been there (laughs) and it's like, I had a car repoed in front of all my employees one time. That was an awesome day. So like, you know, what do you say to that person when they they don't know what to hang on to anymore?
1: If you feel like you're at the end of your rope
0: and, and it feels like everything
1: is falling apart around you, I think the first thing to remember is that life is seasonal is mm. to take a perspective that we can all agree when we just l- look at the seasons around us. Now, some of us, depending on where you live, you actually go, no, I live in California, man. I don't even know the seasons. It's just like every single day, I'm in <laughs> yeah. Laguna Beach. I mean, it's kind of chilly today, but it's like still sunny. Right. Um, but you know, I remember growing up in Seattle, Washington, distinctly summer there, unlike any other, sunny, Beautiful, warm, and then fall hits. Starts getting real cold, but the leaves turn, and there's lots of trees. You know, some of it. I live yeah. in the desert now, so it's also you see less distinction. Washington, you see it. Colors change. Yeah. Yeah. Then winter hits, and and it's ice. It's freezing, and it's cold. Yeah. But the promise of winter is the promise of spring, yep. and that there's going to be new life and new growth. If you're in the lowest point in your life, just remember life is seasonal. That it sucks right now. It's overwhelming right now, but don't quit and don't stop because even if you just wait this out, even if you just hold on, winter will pass and spring will come. And so trust the process and trust that you just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other. And then the second piece, and, and you know, this comes out of, by the way, I didn't really tell the story, but just briefly, you know, the hardest season of my life was i got married at 21 at in 2005 two years into being married my wife went on a trip to the philippines and got really sick
0: Mm. she came
1: home and started throwing up 10 to 15 times a day we didn't know what was going on and doctors were saying stop being anorexic stop being bulimic and she's like no something is wrong i want to eat the food doesn't stay down she dropped down to 82 pounds and needed to get a fit a feeding tube they first put it in her nose, and then they put it jejunum in through her side into her stomach. Well, they placed it wrong, uh, and so the first night that we started the feeding, as we're putting this liquid through a tube through this machine and all these boxes, and we turn on that food, and it starts to go into her, but doesn't go to her stomach. It starts to fill up her body cavity. Oh, my well, that'll kill God. you quick. Yeah, that'll 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 suff- that'll cause your heart to stop if you fill. It'll cause your lungs to. And Mm -hmm. so she doesn't know. She goes, I'm in all this pain. I don't know what's happening. And so uh, we turn it off and I I throw it in our Honda Civic and I rush to uh, the nearest hospital and we rush into the ER and they rushed around to get her uh, stable and they put her in an ambulance and I ride with her down to Seattle, Washington, to Virginia Mason Hospital, where I was by her side for six days in the hospital where they were cleaning her out and then stitching her back up and where she was recovering from all this. And eventually we found out that she had gastroparesis. That's why she was throwing up so much. But on top of that, this was also in a season where we had bought two homes, the house we were living in, renting it with another family because it was an investment for our future. And we had another home that was an investment property, but the tenants lost their job. And because my wife's health was under attack, we're losing money, we're losing jobs. And the church I was working at, Some of the senior leaders stole some money. And so the church had just gone on this massive growth curve, 1600 people we had attend church in a small town on Easter. And then all this stuff started to happen with the leaders stealing money and abuses in power and weird uh, kind of things that began to have, cultish things that began to happen. And so all we get so disillusioned by this and the church shrinks to 200 people.
0: Wow. And, And so this is all happening at one time. Oh my gosh, dude, I didn't know. I I knew about, I heard your wife's story about her being, you know, ill. But I didn't, gee, many Christmas. It was all all at once. And now
1: 2009, I find myself, this had all happened. We're losing our homes, our churches, you know, falling apart, mistrust. And who could we trust as far as leaders and, you know, trying to hang on to our faith. And then my wife's in the hospital and it's this very question, like, what do you do? Thinking about the medical bills that are piling up. Right. and, And we think about, What are you gonna do? You gotta just keep going. You have to remember that life is seasonal and you say, this season sucks. Like, (laughs) I don't know if this season could get worse, but I just, we just gotta hang on. We just gotta hang on to each other and keep fighting for our marriage and keep fighting for our faith and keep fighting for our future and keep fighting for our family. And thank God we've got some friends around us. So we're gonna keep learning. That was our number one commitment. But the second commitment was, or to keep going. The second commitment was to keep learning. And that wow. was that, okay, we we're gonna read books on on getting through this health challenge. This for me was keep learning, I gotta find ways to make money. I, I was challenged in that hospital room when I was by my wife's side. Man, I gotta level up as a leader, as a yeah. provider, and I'm gonna I need to figure out see one time we could be under the weight of the bills, or we could rise up and realize that we have the power to go pay the bills. Yeah, all I need is an idea. All yep. I needs a hustle. All I needs a hustle. All I need is maybe a promotion or a change. What's that thing? Like we could say, and I get it. I'm empathetic. Like shoot, I got a, I got five thousand dollars medical bills or fifty thousand dollars. I got to do my car payment, and that's the current problem. Guess what? God is giving you power to produce wealth. Go make fifty. Go make five hundred. Go make a million dollars. And it might sound easy to say, but I mean it, you know. And harder yeah. to do, like. That that what happens when you're under the weight, all of that is that we're not creative. We then start going into bad habits, we then yep. start just sitting around and moping all day, as opposed to getting up and continuing to fight. Yep. So keep learning, keep going. And then the final piece of advice would be get around the right people. Oh. I think that you know it's funny, you look at the Bible, the book of Job. And, and basically the whole Bible is Job being around his friends who just give him a whole bunch of bad of advice for like 20 chapters. Right. And they're just like, Job goes through all this hell in his right. life and right. his friends are like, you probably deserved it. Like, right. I don't know, like you, you know, God's probably mad at you for some reason. And yeah, we eventually learn that none of that's true. So right. I'm saying that when you are going through hell, you need to audit your circle. And this is true at any point in your life, but you wanna make sure that you've got people around you that are gonna be encouraging you, lifting you up, come on, praying for you, standing with you, and actually encouraging that, come on, no, you can fight another day, come on, I know that the bills are heavy right now, but look, you can get that promotion, keep showing up early, keep doing your best work, keep looking for, work on that side hustle, work on that uh, dream that you've got, Study that, you know, how to make some money online. Look at ways of producing extra storms of income. It's moving from offense or moving from defense to offense. And the the, the disposition we could get in when we're in the lowest place, and we just start playing defense. We just start trying to like, shoot, I've almost lost everything. I'm gonna try to protect what I have left. I'm gonna try to just bar the windows, board the doors and get into a defensive stance. Look, you're not going to get out of the lowest point in your life, by playing defense, yep, you're going to get out by going on the offense. That maybe your your spouse right now they're they're cold to you because of some stuff that's happened, and you deserve it. Well, you're not going to just fix that by you have your defenses up and she has her defenses up or he has his defenses up. No, you're going to fix that by taking the first step and apologizing, by going the extra mile and encouraging, by choosing to say, no matter how long it takes, I'm gonna keep speaking words of life and playing offense in business, in life, in your faith, in whatever area, that's how you press through. Keep going, keep learning, stay on the offense, get around the right people and seasons change and a better one is coming. Wow.
0: Like, dude, I have chills. (laughs) Like,
1: I have. I don't even know. You got me going. These questions are deep, man. I mean, it's not the typical podcast I do or whatever. But
0: I, I I know this, but this is great, man. I'm sorry if I, if I, if I've gone too deep here, but I, I, I love how deep of a person you are spiritually. And I, you know, I was telling my wife, I'm like, wait till you, like this guy. He's on a different level like you are like and I'm not talking about just being able to get in, get on a video and talk and be funny that you're you are good at that. But you're on a different level spiritually, man. And that's one of the things that I loved about you. So, wow. And you forgot to mention, grab your phone and do a review video or something (laughs) like, hey, no, I I
1: appreciate that. And, you you know, your words are are, uh, super kind and. Uh, just super grateful, you know that we met at Broadcaster Authority and grateful for what you're doing and um, you know, your foundation and ethics and integrity and reputation in this industry. Uh, super grateful for you and pump work connected. Yeah. and uh, thankful for everybody that also joined us. It's cool to see Pamela and Janine and Luke and Scott. really appreciate all, all of you guys and just humbled for the chance to get to hang out and uh, share some of my story.
0: my my wife, my my wife, look, look she just said that can you say it That's jill my- i need to meet i hope i get to meet you someday yeah you've got to meet my wife she said best interview ever i have to agree everybody go over to um, my banner disappeared the go over to 2020videosecrets.com check out and you said there's some free training on there and probably additional opportunities for you so Go over there and check it out. Sean, I, f- I I I can't even like, I don't even know how to thank you, but thank you, man. Like you- you're incredible. Thank you so much. I appreciate you being here. And thank you to everyone who's been on here and shared this out to to your friends and family. So, so much appreciated. Sean, thanks a lot. Can, thank you so much. Appreciate you and thanks for everybody that hung out today. All
1: right, we'll see you guys later. Thank you.